tonight. Well, why don't we get into the word? Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless and praise and worship you. We magnify you. We lift you up, Lord. You are the most high God. We, we put you in our, in your rightful place in our lives. It's not that you don't have that place at all times, but we have to acknowledge that in order that we might have agreement, fellowship, and kinship with you. So we acknowledge you as the most high God, maker and creator of all things visible and invisible. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, maker, creator, our everything, our all in all. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before your throne that we might receive from your bountiful hand everything that we need, Lord. In this life and eternal life to come, we thank you so much for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So yesterday we began talking about the force of faith. And we talked about the fact that faith is a spiritual force. We also talked about the fact that faith has the ability to force its way into situations in our lives. I know I, I used to be told things when I was just starting in the things of God. I can remember some of the little catchphrases in Christianity. And I remember people saying, well, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he won't force his way. Yes, he will. <laughs> just like my somebody, you know, say like a robber comes into my house and starts holding me up and and my husband walks in the door and he says can i get the the robber a cup of coffee (laughs) see that ain't the time to be a gentleman amen that's the time to risk your life for your love right poppy and don't go hide in the closet or say baby deal with it you know, as a, well, who is he and what is he to you? You know, start interrogating the victim all of a sudden. You can't be doing that. you got to know when to do what and when and where. And so the Holy Spirit knows when to force faith in the situations. He knows when to force things in and, and what things to force out. And so be thankful that he's not a gentleman all the time. Amen. And people would mostly say that once they had failed at something. You know, like you sit there for two hours trying to get somebody to pray in tongues. Well, you know, after you done failed after two hours, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He won't force you to do Huh? Just saying. They won't nail the problem down. See, that way you never get success because you want to defer responsibility and blame over on God all the time. God will do anything that we believe him for and that we are anointed to do. Amen. So just admit you ain't got it. Ask God to show you how to get it. And next time come loaded. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's right. A lot of times, uh, uh, you know, I would always uh, defer to Pastor Shirley to to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? She's gifted and anointed to do it. She got a special gift to get people to pray in tongues. You understand? Where I could do it sometimes, but (laughs) oh, my nails aren't. 
they're wet. My nails are wet, and I just can't be. I just can't up and lay hands on anybody. You know what I'm saying? I got a million excuses. So instead of my million excuses, I just defer to the one that's anointed and gifted to do the job. And thank God God's got somebody in here that can do it. Amen? Praise God. I could say I have other talents, but I won't even go there, okay? I'm sleeping on most of them. But anyway... We all here today. So, but we were talking specifically in Matthew chapter five. <clears throat> There's a couple of situations going on here uh, where the anointing is is being made evident and apparent. Now we have to understand that Jesus had the Spirit without measure. He didn't have a past or a, a sinful soul with a background in serving the devil to have to deal with. We have that. And so we're limited in how much we can yield to the Holy Spirit because we have interference in our soul. You know, the devil will come up to you, you'll do a good altar call, and the devil will come up to you and tell you now, when somebody comes up with something you hadn't thought was in the room, you know what I'm saying? And he'll say, now what you going to do about that? You understand what I'm saying? Jesus didn't have that kind of interference in his head. And so he could deal with many situations at one time. That is not to say that earthly ministers can't, but it's, it, God will regulate things according to the proportion of our faith. Like he respects what faith I have and how how I've developed my understanding of working with him and all that kind of stuff because he wants me to be successful he wants me to be able to help people when they come up he's not setting us up for failure and so when you think about that and you think about the fact that Jesus could keep everything sorted out in a situation even though there were multiple needs coming at him at all times you know, he didn't have the the benefit of a quote-unquote pulpit. He actually got out among the people. He was not afraid to get out among the people. And many times we'll have people who are anointed and they feel like if they get out among the people, it'll it'll damage, you know, oh, let's get the armor bearer for, you know, I'm still trying to train my armor bearer to, Come and get two books and a fake Louis Vuitton bag that I keep my lip gloss in. You understand what I'm saying? It ain't heavy, ain't heavy lifting, but you know, we're working on it. And so they got all these people beating people away from them and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like the anointing's fragile, like the Holy Ghost is fragile, you know. Now, to a degree, some of that can be legitimate. Because if your hold on the Holy Ghost is fragile, you need to be kept distant from people if they distract you from focusing on God. You understand what I'm saying? So at a certain point, you 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 kind of need to respect that to a degree. Most preachers like to seclude themselves away from people while they study or all that kind of stuff. I've never had that luxury. You, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you know women function different you know we're the original multitaskers not because we want to be it's because we have to be you understand what i'm saying 
the the old photo of the pregnant mother with a baby in her arm and her foot on the the cradle rocking the baby in the cradle and stirring a pot of food is and god made us that way amen so don't fight the feeling amen that reminds me of an Isley brothers no i'm not gonna go there amen but uh you know what i'm saying and so I couldn't fake it and get away. Now, there are times when I just am focused on what I'm trying to do, and and I I keep myself isolated spiritually and mentally. You know, that's why a lot of times people pass me in the hall and, and see me and say hi, and I don't even notice them. I'm somewhere else, you know. Don't get offended. I'm not trying to be exclusive. I'm trying to keep hospitality separated from the word separated from what god's talking to me to do it ain't that easy sometimes you know if you got a lot of distractions so but i try to live a life where i'm not distracted easily where i can easily zip back into to focusing on god and do what he wants me to do and jesus had that beyond measure see people have a measure of it but he had it beyond measure amen and and he was able to stay focused in the spirit on who in that crowd had faith and so he could rec he always recognized faith he always was able to discern who 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 could receive healing and deal with them accordingly that phrase when jesus saw their faith is very key to understanding his ministry and how he was able to be so successful at what he did for people. There were times when he said he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. There were some times when he would try and wasn't able to. He would teach and preach and people weren't receiving the word by faith. So he had a lot of situations where he wished he could do better. But the faith of the people hindered him. But when he saw faith, he responds immediately to that. And he responds without fail. And that's something we have to understand. Even if your faith is very small, there were times when he would tell people that their faith was small. He would tell them it was great. He, he, he is the one who is able to judge the quality of everybody's faith. So don't take anybody's word for the quality of your faith except God's. See, I can say, tell you your faith is little, big, or whatever, but don't take my word for it. I mean, unless I'm speaking under the unction. You know, God wants you to know that, something like that. But I don't go around judging the quality of people's faith. I just tell you, whatever amount you got, can you put it to work, please? You understand what I'm saying? Because once you, once you pull the trigger on that bad boy, it might seem like it's small in the holster, you know. Like that, that little lady Smith and West can, can blow you away. She can, might have to pull a trigger three or four times, but it'll get you just as dead as a three, five, seven. Am I right, Poppy? Gotta watch that lady Smith and Wesson. Huh? <laughs> I dare you to try to catch it in your hand. You won't be able to do that. If you can't catch it in your hand, be scared of it, okay? So anyway, but uh, uh, but yeah, you need to use whatever faith you have. 
Don't judge your faith and then put it away. Huh? Yeah. Don't judge your faith and put it away. People have escaped prison with a nail file. You You keep sawing away at them bars and pretty soon they'll cave in some kind of way. Amen. Same thing with your faith. Don't judge your faith as being inadequate until you put it to use. Once you put it to use, then Jesus can take it and make it what you need it to be. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So he just wants to see whatever faith you have. Generally, if if he would tell people they had little faith, it's, it's because they started using it and quit. Hmm? Peter, when he walked on water, amen. Now, if you got enough faith to get out there on something that used to used to drown you, I would say that faith is pretty great. It's just me saying it. You know, it don't have to be true, but but because he withdrew his faith out of the situation, just like you, you know, you want a luxury car and you keep getting the the economy ones and all that. Don't quit believing for the luxury car. See, it might be in the next purchase. Or it might be that they recall what you got. And they say, well, gee, we want to put you in the same kind of car, but all we have is this. For my 20s on my Escalade. You understand what I'm saying? See, you've been going around singing that little song, and and you didn't know that there was faith on that. Huh? Now, don't be stupid and sit up there and say, well, I don't know. That's your car you've been singing about for all these years. I don't know if this is God or not. How do you know if you don't take it? If it get home with me in my garage, it's God, as far as I'm concerned. Huh? You don't worry about nothing else you get if it's God. You know, it's like I we we have a you know a little fellowship meal and I give you a plate. I don't know if this is God or not. What about food makes you know if it's God or not? Well, I guess maybe that registers with some people. I don't know, but God don't care what you eat. Did you hear what I said? He don't care what you eat. As long as you bless it and thank him for it first. That means you're going to live to eat another meal. Just keep blessing it. Huh? <laughs> of course he cares how much we eat. I don't want to go put us on easy street unnecessarily. You know. We know how when it gets tight on the inside. It just uh, I don't care how good it looks. That's why we offer doggy bags, amen. The dog never gets to see what's on, what his name is on. You brought that, brought that home in the name of your dog and he never gets to. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Praise God. So Jesus is here and he has a crowd around him. We'll start in Matthew 5 and 22. We can start reading there. Uh, he says, um, 
What'd you say? Oh, yeah, like I said, Mark 5. Oh, I'm in the wrong thing. Mark 5. Praise God. Mark 5. I knew that. Where am I at? 2021. Thank you. Humble myself. Thank you. Verse 21, when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered to him. He was near the sea, and behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. So this is a statement of faith and confidence in Jesus. If you come and pray for her, lay hands on her, I know she'll be healed. So that kind of faith, God never resists. Don't ever think it might happen or it should happen or you hope it'll happen. It will happen. That's what faith says. Really, we don't have a promise of divine health. Our divine health is a fact. It is a paid-for fact in our lives. So really, the correct approach to anything that's already given is to assume you have it, and the enemy is trying to steal it and take it away from you. That's a totally different position than if you don't have it, and you're trying to figure out how to get it. See, we're, that's not the, the posture that believers take. Everything, every promise of God is yes and amen by us. You can see it in the word and receive it just like that with your faith. Thank you, Lord, for, for my health and my healing in Jesus' name. But if you think about it, the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved and healed. So that word for for salvation also includes healing. Because healing was paid for in the atonement. The blood of Jesus paid for your your eternal salvation and it also paid for your health in this life. So it's a correct posture to assume that you have health already, not guaranteed, but already have possessed it when you possess the blood of Jesus to pay for your sins. Because sickness is just an outgrowth of sin. That's all. It's a byproduct of it. And it's a a consequence of it. And so any consequence of sin has already been paid for through the atonement. So, But either position is correct. But the, the position of sensing that you are not well. And you have to go to God to, cause how, what are you gonna, what's He gonna do to get it for you? You understand? Or what are you gonna do to get Him to give it, give you healing if you can't assume that you have it already? You can't, uh, receive that you have it already. You're gonna be always trying to do some kind of works to prove to Him that you merit being healed and you merit being healthy. As a matter of fact, once you uh, receive your healing by faith, Many times you you will fall into the trap of works again, trying to work. You know, when you be careful with your confession, because many times we condemn ourselves because we feel we don't confess the word enough. And really, you're confessing it to remind you of who you are. You're not confessing it for God to impress him. 
he's not impressed with your recitation of the word. You understand me? He knows the word already. And so we're not trying to impress him and convince him that we're worthy. What we are doing is expressing our faith in the done deal. Amen. Expressing your faith in the fact that it's already done. So here you have the ruler of the synagogue, and he is telling Jesus, if you'll perform this, and this was proper during that time. This is before he went to the cross. So during that time, there were things that your faith had to express that that was pleasing to God so that he could move on your behalf. So here he is. He knows. He's seen Jesus, no doubt, pray for the sick before, lay hands on the sick. And that's the picture that's in his mind. He puts his daughter in that picture. That's how we receive from God. See, you don't receive from God because I share a testimony and you leave it at it's for me. You've got to put yourself in that because it's for whosoever. See, your best opportunity to express your faith is to put it in the category of whosoever. So you don't have to be special. You don't have to be real spiritual. You don't have to be anything. All you have to do is believe. That's the only qualification for receiving from God is that you show him your faith, that you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth and then you begin to show God your faith by how you live, what you say about it, what you say about it when the saints ain't listening, what you say about it at all times. Amen. And and begin to develop your spirit in in conjunction with God in agreement with God so that he can bring it to pass he's the one who's going to do it your job is to believe and not doubt and believe and not waver leave your your faith set on the dial that you want and don't keep moving it around see I want a luxury car then you think about it for a minute, and the enemy starts throwing, well, it costs too much. It's, you can't afford the insurance. Where are you going to put it? You ain't got no garage. Which, that's God, okay? That ain't the devil right there. That's God. I have my BMW on the sidewalk, and you got to watch it all day long. just get you a garage first come on if you gotta rent one and walk three miles gotta take ooh, gotta take lift over to the garage and get you you know what i'm saying but but see on the way to receiving your promise or receiving your miracle the enemy wages war against your faith for that thing Even your own soul can be against you sometimes in feeling weak, faint, unable, all of those things. And so if God, if your faith is right, God will move everything into the situation to take the risk out of it for you.
the blessings of God are without sorrow. Amen. If you're sorry about it, you got buyer's remorse, you just need to repent and get back with God on it. Don't get scared to step out in faith again. Because that's what the devil wants. He wants you to mess up one time and then get scared to step out in faith again. That way he's got your faith bottled up. See, you'll never you'll never get out and do what you need to do for God. What you need to do is repent and tell God, God, I'm sorry. It looks like I done jumped out of here, you know, without you. I got ahead of you some kind of way. This isn't working out, Lord. What do I do, God? He'll tell you, look, don't do nothing. You done done enough already. She's talking about what you going to do. You just stay right there. Put your My right, Poppy, you park that thing in neutral because you don't know how to drive it. Amen? <laughs> That's right. Just park it. Don't put that key in the ignition again. Amen. Because where you, God is taking you, you don't know how to drive yourself there anyway. And then when you get there, you'll swear it ain't God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Wee. We live in an invisible kingdom. It, even when it shows up in the visible realm, we kind of hard to believe it. You know, ask in faith, receive in shock. You know, sometimes you you, uh, you you know you 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 spoke your faith and you did what you're supposed to do. Then when it shows up, you say, "How am I gonna take care of this?" Huh? You know, I'm I'm like a, a one 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 room vacuum kind of girl. You know, after I've done one room, I know what it's about, and I'm ready to move on to something else. See if I can. Do Gate this job real quick, you know. What I'm right. Who was that? Was it Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn? Always got them other little boys that paint ain't Polly's fence. He was always doing chores and he was a master at getting his little friends to do his work for him, amen. So anyway. But uh but I like it clean though. I keep it clean, my little corner. But uh, you know, that's that's a lot right there. But God always come to your rescue. Amen. He won't give you more than you can manage and handle. Amen. If you find yourself overwhelmed, you go back to God and ask him for a plan to accomplish the things. Amen. That you need to have accomplished. He He will do it. He's a, a master at helping and planning. Amen. <clears throat> so anyway, uh so here we are. Jairus wants Jesus to come to his house and pray for his daughter. And once he makes the request, he makes it in enough faith for Jesus to say yes inside. I think in one account he even said, I will come and heal her. What does this one say? It says here, and Jesus went with him. So him going with him is a yes answer. Whenever God is with you in something, it's a yes answer. That means it's okay for you to have it. I don't care what the devil says afterwards. 
Now, Jesus can be walking with you in one hand and the devil will come and sit on your other shoulder and start talking to you about what you just engaged yourself in, like it's his business. And much people followed him and thronged him. So whenever Jesus went somewhere, there was a crowd generally of many people. You would see where there would be times when he, they said he would seclude himself. He went alone to a mountain to pray. He went alone. He needed solitude so that he could get himself focused back on what the Father wanted him to do after he knew that he had accomplished what he needed to do in that situation. Sometimes it's not that the people are are all healed or or it's dissipated. It's just that the anointing quits and it's time to move on to the next thing. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus is not moved by crowds or crowd size. He is moved by the Holy Spirit and the anointing inside of him that tells him who needs to be ministered to, who you need to speak to, whose faith is ready, whose faith needs work, whose faith is is uh, imminent, whose faith is put off, all of that stuff. So he's able to sort multitask and keep things in proper perspective so that he can accomplish the will of the Father in these situations. So he's got everything under control and he knows whose faith is ripe, whose whose can wait, how he can wait in that situation because he is in the waiting room with you. This man, Jairus, the a ruler of the synagogue, when Jesus goes with him uh, and, and begins to accompany him, his daughter is alive, and the Bible says that he holds our souls in life. So what he did was he grabbed that, come here little one, you still awake? Come here, let me. When the, the guy said, come with me and, and heal my daughter, Jesus took his daughter's hand like this. And he's, he's walking with that girl all the time. See, this is how he holds our souls in life. So she never died because she stayed in life with him. He is the resurrection and the life. Amen. All right, baby, you can go to your seat. And so, thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. Now, when you when you ask him for something and you believe you receive it, you're, he's the same thing with you. He's holding your promise in life with him. He has not forgotten you. You forgot him. Because you went off listening to your crazy girlfriends or your crazy carnal friends or unbelievers at your job. You know, you can only stand so much of that stuff. You know, everybody needs to get like a two-hour car break in the middle of the day. Just go sit in your car and worship and hallelujah and get yourself back like you need to be. Because it's a wicked, crazy world out here. Now, don't go tell your boss to give you two hours off. That's some metaphor. Or whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you need that. Amen. It keep you wound up, confused, tired, wishing the day was over. You try to pray in tongues under your breath and it ain't working no more. You understand what I'm saying? 
atmosphere is totally clouded up. But see, you've got to know that from the time you prayed, you received it, and Jesus is guarding over your answer. He's ministering over your words. So when Jesus, when he tells him, he says, if you if you come, she'll live, and Jesus went with him, that girl was in life with Christ at that time. And don't you forget that. Whatever it is that you've asked God for in faith, it's still in him in life. I don't care if you see it, you feel like it. I don't care if you ask him to give you a sign, give you a witness, give you whatever you ask and it don't come. He still is holding your promise in life. He never lets go of it. He's the author and finisher. He will finish it. You don't finish nothing. If the truth is told, we barely hanging on the, you know what I'm saying, to build money, rent money. See if we can squeeze a little dress, a pair of shoes out of it. Huh? And he don't want us squeezing nothing. The best thing I ever did was let God show me when to spend money. When my husband was alive and since he's been it passed away. Amen. I hated to do it when my <laughs> it's on a principle. Am I right, Poppy? Us poor little defenseless females, we just never have enough of the necessities of life. <laughs> what you laughing at, Brian? I know. It's rough, ain't it, brother? I know it's rough, it's rough. And see, and that's good for you. You see what I'm saying? Because that's our job, to make it rough for you. Huh? Left a good job in the city. Huh? I just felt like Miss Tina all of a sudden. I don't know why. Huh? But they make it nice, but rough. My right poppy, I don't know why I keep going back to you. <laughs> he ain't even in his right mind by poor hour. I'm gonna leave you alone. Oh, Brother Dillard, praise God. <laughs> so here this this guy, the ruler of the synagogue, thinks that he's relieved now. You ever felt like that? When you know that you know that you know God's gonna do it, and all of a sudden you just re whew, what you feel like? You feel like, ooh, it's coming any minute now. And that's been like 15 years ago, right? Hey! <laughs> I'm scared of this guy. Huh? Yeah, we like him, but we scared of him. Because we don't understand nothing about nothing, really. We just here trying to receive, you know, have mercy. You get like Bartimaeus then, you know, have mercy on me, son of David. Or like Peter, have mercy, I'm a sinful man. You know, put his clothes back on. <laughs> so Jairus feels like he's got it made. But then somebody who can't wait shows up. Hmm? <laughs> Hmm. 
Now, this happens sometime in the natural. It's happened to me. I'll be preaching, and God will show me somebody sitting there that you've got to pray for right then. Or he has a word for right then. Amen. Those things can't wait. But if you're stuck on the program and the order of service, just don't invite God in. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> That's where you stuck at. We got to keep this decently and in order. Yeah, but somebody get ready to die of a heart attack on the front row if you don't stop and pray for them. You understand? You want to deal with it now or you want to deal with it later? So, so we have to understand these divine interruptions will happen. How do they happen? By force of faith. See, Jairus has faith for Jesus to come and pray for his daughter and then she will be healed. This lady has faith for, I don't need to stop him and do nothing. I'm taking mine. So she has a greater force of faith than he has working. Now, why is her force greater? Because she needs it to be greater. See, your force will 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 be the size that God determines it needs to be so that he can get you the result that you're asking for. He doesn't care about first in line, second in line. You know how you hate them people that sponge on you when you go somewhere? How rude. Huh? God don't like rudeness. How come she can come up there and just get what she need and I got away? Huh? Now that ought to ring everybody's bell. Because anytime you hear somebody's testimony, you think to yourself, well, it's going to be a slam dunk. It's going to be, right? Huh? And then here you are still waiting. And then you wonder why. Well, maybe your faith is on the level where it is Jairus' faith. Think about what you ask God for. And think about where your heart is in it. Some things are like in our lives are, you know, they don't need to show up like tomorrow. I mean, seriously. If God, if God come rushing in your door with all the stuff you just begging for and asking for and you add up all the, the fleeces you got out there and all the little prayer requests you got out and all the little notes you'd have made to yourself and all the underlines in your Bible. If all that was on fast track, it would just come washing into your house. God knows how to put them things in order in your life. He puts them in order so you won't get in trouble. He got more sense than we do. And no, he's not going to bring you no husband if your house ain't clean. Now, I'm not going to even ask the men to say, look at Poppy, how he hiding behind the camera. <laughs> huh? You don't invite nobody to a dirty house. You know, and especially not somebody you prospecting on. You got it, didn't you, Miss Pat? That's right, you got it. I know that's right. So let's get over there and get to whooping the dust and moving it around. If you don't scare it out the house, just move it around a little bit. 
that'll confuse the dust. Maybe he won't settle so fast. Put him on the run. But here we have a lady that's been sick for 12 years. She's out of money. She's out of opportunities to go to another doctor. Bible says that she really never get better. She got worse. See, if you go to a doctor and get a little better, you can put yourself on slow track. You understand what I'm saying? You can kind of coast your way into your healing, school yourself into faith as as they say, and keep feeding on the word and keep thanking God for it. But you're comfortable and you don't need to be fast tracked. But this lady was none of those things. So she had to put her, her faith put her on a fast track. See, she did this when she heard of Jesus. She inclined her ear and started to believe what she heard. And stayed focused on it. See, when you stay focused on certain things, you incline your ear and you can't hear enough good things about. You understand what I'm saying? You, and then you shut your ear down to negative things about him. Because definitely negative stuff was said about Jesus. The religious people, but you know, a lot of people didn't like him and didn't like what he was doing. So she was smart enough when she started listening about him that she began to focus in on the good that he could do and not the negative report. This is the same thing we have to do if we want something from God. You can't sit up and think about, well, my arm still hurts and how come it still hurts. You can't for you. Consider not. You know, that's when you throw into where Abraham, Romans chapter 4, you go grab that. And make sure you understand what this man's mindset was to be able to get a miracle from God. There are certain things you can't afford to consider if you're going to get what God has for you. You got to act like you didn't hear it. You definitely got to decide it's not true. And you've got to decide that you're not going to incorporate it into your thinking. See, you can't afford to hear negative things about certain stuff. I don't care if it is true. You ain't, you ain't the candidate to listen to it. Amen? Because the enemy likes nothing better than to steal from God's people through rumor, innuendo. You understand what I'm saying? Criticism, put-downs, all that kind of stuff. So that's not for your ears, man. You just absent yourself from the situation and keep it moving. Most people, if they're going to say things negative about the word, they're not going to be around you anyway if you got any integrity in you. They don't want to be around you. So here we are in verse 25. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years had suffered many things of many doctors, spent all she had, yeah, she's on the fast track. She never got better but worse. If she had money, she'd probably keep going to the same doctor when somebody tells her about a new one. But after 12 years, I mean, come on now. She's ready for a change. 
this is the wonderful thing about God. He will come into your life when you are ready for a change. He will not cast his pearls before swine. If there is something that you need and you've made up your mind, you're done with the way things have been and you want to change, that's the time when your faith kicks in to fast track. And God will begin to fast track his answers into your life. Amen. All you need to do is get fed up and mean you fed up. Huh? You know how people say they fed up and keep going back to the same old situation? Huh? But there's there will come a time you're fed up and you mean you're fed up. And God knows when that is. And you, if you have prayed about it before. He will take the faith that you place in that prayer and still use it. That prayer is still waiting to be answered. He's just waiting for you to straighten up your mind about it. And make up your mind once and for all. Listen, do you want this or don't you want it? If you want it, stick with one confession and quit messing around with this thing like that. Change of wavering faith is like like moving. You know, packing up your house and moving to another house. God don't know which garage to put it in. You understand what I'm saying? So stay put so that he knows where to deliver the goods. Because he will deliver them. See, God is faithful. He's not, He's our faith isn't on trial like he's standing up there watching us to see if we really believe in it. Well, no, nah, she don't really believe it. No, he helps our faith. Amen. He's there to, to, he started it off. He's going to finish it. But it's up to us to stand pat and not waver. Amen. Just don't move. Like my late husband used to tell, we gambled when we were sinners, you know, (laughs) not when we were saved. (laughs) Lest you get the wrong idea. But he wouldn't let me stand (laughs) next to him at the craps table. If we played Jack Blackjack, he was way on the other side of the room. He just till he found out I was gifted one time. Then he wanted to be my friend all night long. But he would, if we were ever at the same table, he said, "I could have choked you when you moved that bet," you know, because he knew how to play. I was looking at it. I said, mm, "Let me, just, you know, whatever, wherever the wind blew, you know, it was always messed up." He said, I ain't giving you no more money if that's what you're going to do with it. You know what I'm saying? And so, but it's, it, it's got to be that way with our faith. Why are you moving to 38 black when you've been 10 red all this time? You understand what I'm saying? you got to stay on the, keep your faith where it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off where you want what, what you're asking for. If you want it to, if you want to see it come to pass, you got to stand pat on it and not move. Can't be moving your little faith chip around. Well, I think this looked better because Chuck was saying she got her testimony. That sound pretty good to me. I'm going to move it over here. And then you wind up, you ain't got nothing. She moved it so many times. God has lost interest, you know. I shouldn't say that. The Holy Spirit will always remind you, you know. He is very merciful. But don't just be, but you're going to, you know, have to wait it out, you know, until you you get your faith in gear. So she suffered many things, never got better, got worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came behind him in the press, touched his garment, 
because she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. So in any way, he didn't have to stop for her. He didn't have to come to her house, make a house call. There were no demands put on him other than his faith. Amen. His attendance was not required. His accompaniment was not required. You know, you know. Sometimes people now the uh, the the um, the um, ruler of the synagogue, Jairus. We can't blame him because he has him an entourage all the time. You understand? Them kind of people always got. You know, it's like some of our ministers will take phone calls from people of certain status. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because of who they are, they just can't walk into a crowded meeting. I'm serious here, folks. Now, whether you agree with it or not, they can do that. But I've seen very famous people sit in the audience at Benny Hinn. And maybe they might have called ahead and said, I'm, I'm, you know, don't make a big deal of this. I want to come to the meeting and want to sit, you know, I'm going to be like everybody else. Just give me a seat. And they wind up getting healed. They get noticed by him. God will notice you, period. It's up to God noticing you. It's not up to people making a big deal of you and staying out of your way. See, when you get entourage you know what I'm saying, and, and got to have certain things. Even though it was in Jesus' realm of, of operation, I mean, he'd go to people's house. He wasn't above making a house call if. You know, like Peter's mother-in-law. Now, if he healed your mother-in-law, he... Now, I won't go there, Poppy, okay? We're going to leave that alone. But uh, you know what I'm saying. But Bible says she did get up and go cook him some food, so it's dinner time. But Jesus said, hey, lady, you can't be sick tonight. We hungry. <laughs> Woo! But anyhow, I digress. But healed people get up and do what they usually do. Amen. She wanted to be healed too, just like they wanted her healed. So you come into agreement like that, it's a done deal. So anyway, sometimes your restrictions and stipulations and got to have it this way and can't have it that way, No, God, I want a husband, but he can't be wanting this, and he can't be wanting that, and he can't be wanting You might meet that brother over in the, the nursing homes, and, and finally it dawns on you, he must be the one. Yeah, he's the only one left. I mean, it's real obvious to everybody now. Well, he was yours 30 years ago. But you couldn't have this and you couldn't have that. And you couldn't have... Well, that's what Jairus is doing. you got to come to my house. you got to lay hands on her. He tells Jesus up front she had the point of death. 
And Jesus thinking that his brother must be out of his mind. Go away from me to do all this. By the time, by the time you get, we get to your house, even though Jesus is walking with you, you about wrung out. Because having to carry faith in us for an extended period of time will wring us out sometimes. And you got to sit back and take a breather and say, now, wait a minute. Did I really ask for this? Did God really tell me I was going to get it? Am I really waiting on something? What am I doing here? If you ain't been there, it'd be welcome to life. Kingdom life. So this lady has faith for right now. And not even asking. She taken. See, the force of faith her faith because of the high demand that she had and high expectation of God's goodness to her that's what causes your faith to be all the more forceful when you agree that God is good and he wants you to have it no matter what you've done you get yourself repent and get yourself you know everybody gets real nice when they done messed up don't we Like the guy that had all them problems and somebody said, well, you just need to rebuke the devil. He said, brother, I can't, I'm not in a position to antagonize nobody. <laughs> so I'm nice even to the devil. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to antagonize nobody. <laughs> but here she is with the force of her faith extracting healing power from Jesus. See, that's a, a a woman of virtue. You understand what I'm saying? Virtuous women don't quit on nothing. Amen. Because they know God, you don't have time to sit up and feel sorry for yourself. You don't have time to sit up and beg nobody for nothing. You don't have time to try and manipulate nothing out of nobody. All you got time to do is expect God to do it. God, just show me how, show me when. Give me an appointment for my faith to meet the anointing, and I will be there. Amen? You you have to be the type of person that you don't miss any appointments with God. You know what I'm saying? You keep all of them. You know, people get funny sometimes. They want to cut corners. You know, you, you live a life of obedience, and then you might hit a little disappointment or something. First thing people do is try to figure out what they can cut back on doing and still get blessed of God. Amen. (laughs) When you really, you don't know, it's like, remember little Howard used to sit at the soundboard with Uncle Ryan. And I'm sure when he started, all them buttons looked the same to him. And so he could probably come in and flip all them buttons up and the sound comes on. But you ask him to adjust and he don't know which button pushed what. You got me? It's the same thing with our faith and our obedience. See, you got all the buttons flipped. You're doing the best you can for God. But then you get tired because somebody tells you God ain't going to do it for you. Who do you think you are? So then your mind tells you, well, what? I'm doing this for nothing. I'm killing myself, going to church early, doing this, doing that. I sweep up. I do this. I do that. So you get offended, you want to start flipping buttons off. But you ain't sure which button you need to flip. 
the truth of the matter is you need to be finding more buttons to turn on. You ain't in a position to flip nothing off. <laughs> Three. You understand what I'm saying? See, when you in the flip off and flip on mentality, you're going to be waiting for a little bit. See, God wants to get you to the point where you don't flip on and off. Where you're dedicated. See, dedicated people can get anything that they want because they totally, like Mary. She was sitting there confused and and the angel telling her all this stuff that's going to happen. And she said, uh, like you say, okay, brother, whatever you tell me, is, I'm going to chill. You know, I'm just waiting for further orders. I'm your servant. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Like I say, we need more handmaidens and fewer queens. As far as I know, ain't but one queen anyway. How we get so many of them sprouting up here? Huh? Just a thought. Oh, don't be so sensitive. I'll let you have your little Walmart crown back. See, it was Dollar General last time. Now I didn't, I didn't gave you an upgrade. Walmart TR. <laughs> Woo! Just having fun. Hey, why not? So the woman with the, yeah, and they put their own crowns. I heard you aren't really a queen unless somebody in authority crowns you. You crown yourself, you just. I mean, you know, when they talk about I got to straighten my crown, number one, somebody puts it on your head, it fits. And it only fits you. It don't fit but one person at one time. And you have a tendency to do that anyway if you're the real thing. See, we speaking into things we have no knowledge of. It's a problem with religion. It's cheap and easy to pick up. And don't mean nothing. And all of my internet friends who have fainted by now. <laughs> yeah, we, we some people got the vapors up in here. Yeah, no, I'm messing with you. I'm not, not throwing no shade. So, so this woman's in in dire straits. She's considered to be unclean, not supposed to be close and touching anybody. Social distancing, even back in the. Yeah. But she, her faith was valid. Her faith was on point. Her faith had an appointment to meet the anointing. God kept that appointment for her in spite of all the people that would have stopped her from getting that close to Jesus. Where's his disciples in the entourage? Where's the priest? Here's Jairus. The, he's, he's the ruler of the synagogue. He's the main one that could, could uh, extract her. But see, when your faith is of God, 
it has an appointment and it will keep that appointment the, your faith ain't moved by who in charge is doing what what they saying and who's in the crowd and who ain't in the crowd god tells you to go to a meeting and that's where he's gonna meet you and heal you that's where you're gonna get it if you get there you understand what i'm saying he'll make sure you get up there where you're supposed to be i've had people come in a meeting and they'll come in late barely make it in there and and then when they come up to the altar they'll say god told me if i got here he would heal me i said well you're healed you understand what i'm saying if you know what i'm saying and they were you understand me because when people have the the faith inside of them to make that determination that they're going to get it and god puts that together if you keep that appointment see that's the work of faith that you need to keep the one that gets you over into the realm of having received it the other stuff is good you know some of the things we do you know you put a picture up and you put a scripture up and confess it all of those things are good points of contact to release your faith so you don't forget and you don't faint and you don't lose heart but there is an appointment a divine appointment that god has set for your faith to meet the anointing and that's the one you must keep amen and and just put it before god god wherever my appointment is i don't want to miss it i now that i know i have an appointment for what i'm i'm believing you for help me to not miss my appointment amen and so so here she is she determines that she's going to make her appointment she makes it and she said if i can just touch him i'll be whole not him but his clothes straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and jesus immediately knowing in himself what was done why did he know within himself yeah he felt the anointing go out and yeah he he knows the pull of faith on on his on his anointing he knows all of that but he knew that there was somebody in that crowd with right now faith and he was going on with this man knowing that somebody in here has faith for something more than what this guy is talking about so he left himself free to accommodate whoever that was with the right now faith in the situation you know a remember that song you're next in line for a miracle there ain't no line for no miracles well i'm sorry to burst your baptist bubble your methodist bubble your whoever shirley caesar bubble is that who that is whatever bubble that is i'm really sorry to burst it but there is no line for nothing in god there's only faith in god Your faith is is set to be triggered whenever you decide between you and God you want to pull the trigger. It's more up to us than we realize. And so when we decide we're going to pull the trigger on our faith, today is the last day I'm going to be like this. Amen. And you got to be sincere about it. You know God will help you. He'll move you to that point. You understand it's not like out of the blue you decide you're going to do it. 
because out of the blue sometimes it goes as leaves as fast as it came but don't quit the only thing god won't allow you to do is quit on it amen when you quit you shut down your the door of your heart to what god has for you like you move out of your house that he's going to deliver it to and he has nowhere to deliver it when we quit so the bible tells us that we will reap if we do not faint amen if we faint not so so jesus says who touched my clothes his disciples said you know of course they're always in the flesh you know they don't know no better they get better after he's ascended into heaven thank god and so Jesus has to look around and see, but he's calling out to that one individual person. He ain't looking for the disciples to tell him nothing. <laughs> if, as a matter of fact, anybody that's in the flesh like that is your worst enemy whenever you're trying to do anything of the spirit. He ain't asking them. He's asking whoever's in the spirit. And he's wanting to locate her for the purposes of completing her faith. What do you mean? She said she was healed inside. No, you have to have your faith completed. You know, when the faith people would would have their, their meetings, even the ones that had the really large tent meetings where they'd have hot and cold running miracles and stuff. They generally would take days during the daytime to preach faith to people and teach and build up their faith. As I asked God about that when we start having our healing school miracle service, I said, God, is that enough time to, to get enough faith in people? He said, let me show you what we can do in one meeting. And see, right today, I wish we had more time, but people ain't going to come. Number one, they ain't coming to more than one day. Huh? Because if they would, God would have it. We're pulling tooth and nail to get people to take three days at a conference. You understand what I'm saying? And so when when we understand that God has a fix and a remedy for these conditions, then we'll relax and let God do what he, he wants to do. But see, he can make up for people's Lack of attentiveness and all that kind of stuff with the anointing where he can. He's trying to help people. So Jesus needs to complete this lady's faith. And the way it's completed is he tells her, listen, this healing is not going to get taken away from you. You know why he has to tell her that? Who's the brother hanging on to him getting ready to go to his house? See, you can be walking with the devil and not know it until he opens his mouth. So he tells her right in front of the ruler of the synagogue, this can't be taken. Your faith did this. The priest didn't do it. The high priest didn't do it. Your sacrifice didn't do it. Your faith did it. So you'll be able to keep it. Because your faith produced it, your faith can hold on to it. And he needs to let her know that. So he does that in order to complete her faith 
because he knows the minute they get to the synagogue and people find that's the lady she's been bleeding we don't even let her in here how she get her healing and all she has to do is say i ain't coming in there no more i'm healed my faith did it and keep moving go down the street to the spirit field church or whatever So he calls her daughter. It's covenant term. It's covenant term. In other words, you're a daughter of Abraham. You ought to be made whole. In other words, we owe you a healing. Amen. According to your covenant, you are owed a healing from God. Amen. And 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 you, the only thing you need to do is believe for it. You don't need to make no sacrifices, no offerings, no this, no that, because you got it already. So you got uh, some information that some people don't have. There's a lot of people still waiting to make the right sacrifice and make the right offering and do the right this and do the right that. And they don't know that, that the resurrection, the truth, and the life is right there in the midst of them. So anything pertaining to eternal life, faith in Jesus Christ will take care of that even under the old covenant. There's no works that can override faith in God. No works. That lady was totally focused on her faith and the deposit of her faith. So after he talks to this lady, he said, go in peace. In other words, don't let anybody tell you you're not supposed to be out of the house. Don't let anybody tell you at this marketplace to go home. Go in peace. You have peace with God. And while he was yet speaking, there came from the house of the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain people which said, your daughter is dead. Why are you troubling the master? Huh? Why are you at a Benny Hinn meeting? You can get prayed for at church. Yeah, but you've been prayed for at church and you're still sick. Aren't you allowed to seek God for healing anyway? If you can't get it here, why can't you go there and get what you need from God? He's the same God. Amen. Learn how to be led by the Spirit. And not rumor, tradition, what everybody else is doing. Huh? I've seen people go into debt to get to a meeting just because the preacher is on television. You understand what I'm saying? I'm on television too. I ain't preaching to as many people. And I ain't paying them millions. You understand what I'm saying? That ain't hard to do. Where am I? So he told him, she told her while he yet spoke. See? Now, this man's in trouble no matter what. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, he has broken all rules and all tradition going to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one they're all jealous of in competition. They want to kill Jesus. So one of their group has defected and gone over to the other side. So what do you think the group's got to do to the defector? They got to be quick to go give him bad news. To see if they can get him to let go of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
they tell him, oh, you know, really, they could have waited till he got home. Why do they have to go overtake him while he's seeking Jesus to help his daughter? You know why the devil is so quick to overtake you when you start to believe God? Because he knows God will deliver. See, they're scared that if they leave him alone with Jesus, that girl will get raised from the dead, healed, or whatever. So they got to go and waylay him real quick. Go disconnect him from his faith. Amen. But remember, Jesus is holding that little girl by the hand all the time. But his ministry to her depends on her father. He initiated it. It's his faith that got Jesus to grab hold on her in life. So his faith is going to have to be completed to the end so that she can receive her healing or whatever's going to happen. So when they look at him, they look at the ruler of the synagogue and they tell him, don't, don't bother him anymore. In other words, come on with us. We ready for the funeral. Would you rather hold on to life or you rather grab hold of death? That's an easy one. See, anybody who's a believer in life will hold on to life. Sometimes even in the face of death. If you know the life giver. And as soon as Jesus heard what they said, he flipped around and he said, don't you believe a word the devil is telling you? You hold on. Only believe. We only got a few more paces to go so that you can see. He does that with us. He does that with us. Whenever we're in in danger of giving up and fainting and quitting, he does like a, a Holy Ghost slap. Look, girl, you better... Come on now, don't go like that with me. He's your he's your mama on a real good day. And your daddy too. Huh? Remember when you would get real out of hand and mama would tell daddy? And they both see you don't have no wiggle room there. You gotta straighten up and go on with him. Amen. And that's exactly what Jesus does to us as the finisher. Uh, he's either going to finish your faith or finish you off or make you scared you're going to get finished off. Huh? Good parents use all of them. Huh? My mama would get so mad sometimes and say, girl, I'm going to kill you. He said, oh, mama, I did it, I did it, I confess, take me to jail, whatever, I don't care. Why'd you do that? Because you believe she would. Huh? You had total faith your mom go off one good time like she said she would. And that's the way we feel when Jesus alarms us not to let go of something. He said, you're almost there. Why are you going to quit now? See, Jairus did a hard thing. It was hard enough for him to get his mind free to trust Jesus, even with the daughter dying. It'll shock you how many people just go ahead and and accept the bad diagnosis and go on and go to sleep, even though they're Christians, go to church, all this kind of stuff. But if you would dare raise up out of that one time and trust God for a miracle, he'll come through for you. Guaranteed. Don't ever let anybody talk you out of that because he will do it 
He's not a man that he should lie or the son of man. So he tells Jesus, said, why are you making all this noise? She's not dead. She's sleeping. They laughed him to scorn. See, this man is, is, is a miracle. This man has enough faith to ask Jesus to do something. All these, these are his buddies. This is his posse. This is his crew. And he took the little girl by the hand. This girl is dead and they laughing. She has a, t- a chance to be raised from the dead and they laugh. Spiritual people. Church people, religious people, religious people make fun of a lot of stuff they shouldn't be making fun of. Amen. Just because you're ignorant, that don't mean it's a joke. Amen. That's no reason to laugh because you don't understand it or you haven't experienced it. Huh? Shut up for a little bit. You might find something out. Or like they say, hide and watch. (laughs) So, So Jesus raises that little girl from the dead. Amen. Generally, he would tell them feed or something. You need to understand that a miracle is just that. There is no convalescent period in a miracle. This ain't a hospital. Amen. She can get up and eat and do everything. Huh? Chanel brought her little dog yesterday. I'm going to tell y'all what I said about Anyway, little Jade was going through. They wanted to take her kidney out and all this kind of stuff. So, so you know, we always pray with her when she has emergencies with her pets. We love pets, too. We love what y'all love. Amen? And so, so anyway, Chanel brought her in, and, and all she had was a little infection. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and God cleared that up right away. Amen? And so God will do these things. He will cause us. To break free from old tradition and old stuff. Now, if I've been the type of person, well, you know, we can't let no pets in here. You, you under- Come on, y'all. We let people in. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Oh, lighten up. Whatever. I know you're much worth much more than many. But you know what I'm saying. Amen. Need is need. God is God. He created everything. He wants her to enjoy her little, I call them little flea bags, in a very affectionate way. But you know what I'm saying. But but we love little Miss Jade and, and uh, Naomi. Jade is Jade who it was yesterday. And so we just believe God for these things. He has miracles for us. If If we'll allow that miracle to take place, God will give us a miracle. Now, I want everybody bringing your parakeet and your snake and all that stuff, parking them outside the door, okay? You know what I'm saying? But No, unless they, they need prayer, but you know what I'm saying. Or you need prayer. I don't know who might need prayer, but but uh, you know what I'm saying. But But God has your miracle. He's the author and finisher. He holds your soul in life. Once you ask for something in faith, he grabs hold of and holds it in life for you to claim with your faith if you hold on to. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord. You are the author and finisher of a faith. You will finish our faith beautifully. We thank you, Lord, that you have a set time and a set appointment for our faith to meet your anointing wherever it is if it would be in an atmosphere of private worship it would be in the congregation if it would be at the altar at the grocery store wherever it is 
we have an appointment for the anointing to meet our faith. So we thank you, Lord, and we bless you that your people are healed by the stripes of Jesus and by the power of his blood. He has eradicated all illness from our lives, and we are free in Jesus' name. Okay, repeat after me. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father. By the stripes of your son, Jesus, I am healed. Amen and amen and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. We're dismissed. Amen.